Hi, my name is Anthony Adams and welcome to Ants Talk. Today on our show, I am joined by Denny Hines, who will be my awesome co-host as we talk about her musical career, what's happening in her new home of Thailand, and also some old stories she has. Stick around. Our first guest is a solo artist who has been releasing music since the early 1990s. She has found chart success in Australia, New Zealand, Japan and Europe. She came to most of our attention while singing a cover version of the Bill Withers 1971 hit Ain't No Sunshine with the band The Rockmelons. Please welcome my dear friend, Denny Hines. Hi, Denny. Hello. How is Thailand? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, good, good. Yeah, Thailand's good, man. It's good. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, at this present moment, I don't mean to rub it in, but I'm sitting by my pool um, in the condo. I'm the only one here because... Everybody that lives in the condo pretty much has a day job, and I don't. So I'm chilling out by the pool, watching the sunset in Bangkok. It's about 32 degrees. Sounds fantastic. Can't complain. I love it. I love it. I got a new tattoo today. Now, what what did what did you get, and where did you get it? Well, where did I get it? Okay, little bit. It's my it's my sixth tattoo. Um, and I got it on the outside of my uh, right foot on the ankle. Very nice. And what is it? Mm-hmm. Well, all of my tattoos, you probably know this, but people listening don't. Yes, all of my let's tell them. Egyptian. Uh-huh. Yes, I have a big thing with Egyptology. So on last week I got one on my left foot on the ankle and it says magic in hieroglyphics. And on my right foot today I got eternity in hieroglyphics. I love that. So where do you think your um, attraction to Egypt and all of that came from? I don't know, man. I've always loved the pyramids. Um, I definitely like to say that I think it's a past life experience. I was there in a the past life because people ask me, oh, have you been there? I said, well, no, not in this life. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, like I'm African through genealogy and it's the same continent. So maybe that's the, the, the sort of calling to it. I've never been there, but I love it. Maybe you have been so, there. You know. In another life. Maybe. You never know. Exactly. So I've got some questions for you. Exactly. Well, you know, that's maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. You're listening to Ants Talk. Um, So I've got some questions for you, if you don't mind. We're going to tell our listeners a little bit about you. So I was going to ask you, your earliest musical memory, what would it be? Um, I guess it all starts with my mum, like... I've got two really vivid memories, and and the first one is um, having my hair done. I'm about three or four, and I wouldn't sit still, and my mum's listening to Stevie Wonder uh, Superstition on the record player, and the horn line, yeah? Yeah. Well, my mum was singing, don't do that, don't you do that, don't do that, you dirty old rat, and so... Every time I hear that song and that horn line, I think that. But then I also think one of my early memories is being in a, a concert with my mum, and it was Smokey Robinson. Wow. And it, I think it was at the at the Capitol Theatre. How fantastic. <laughs> but I, I think I fell asleep. Yeah. So uh, music, like, and then it was, and then it's like concerts after that, really, because um, I think they're the most poignant things. So they're like the two vivid ones of the song and the horn line and that. But then I remember going to Baddest Night in the Pips, um, I remember going to Stevie Wonder, Hotter Than July, uh, Kiss. You know, that's when I sort of lost the plot a bit. I came good again, though. <laughs> <laughs> the good old Kiss days. I think we all had them, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> 
I still haven't yeah. worn the star on my face, though. I want to do it oh, one day. I love Ace, really. I know. Ace. So amazing. Um, so tell us. I mean, I know about how you started in the industry, but how did you start in the industry? Tell everybody that's listening. Oh, Anthony. I started because I was um, hanging out with some friends and I was uh, making a cup of tea. And this guy walked into the... I was singing to myself and this guy walked into the kitchen while I was making the tea and he asked me um, if that was me singing and I sort of said yes because I couldn't lie and he said, uh, you've got a really great voice, I'd like you to sing with me in my band. We start on tour in three weeks. Wow. And I was like, I know who you are because it was, bless his soul, he passed away last year, Paul Gray from Wawani. Love so, um, I I started singing with Wawani. Uh, you know, oh, my love and me, oh, we're sugar free, you know. <laughs> they were brilliant, weren't they? <laughs> they were some of the best 80, days. 80, but that was so funny. Yeah, look, I was, I was 10 in 1980, so I was probably about 16 when I started singing with them. Yeah, I think I was already out in the clubs. I had them on my wall. <laughs> well, this is the thing, like, uh, I was not singing in Sydney at the time. I was driving to Melbourne, but then we'd go, like, on a Friday afternoon and we'd, I'd say to my mum, I'm staying with a friend. And we'd drive down. There was no mobile, so she couldn't check on me. Exactly. Or Eight GPS. Later, I'd call. <laughs> I'd call and say, you know, we're here again. and watch the movies and go to bed. I'd do a gig in Melbourne and then we'd do the gig and then go to sleep. And then the next day we'd drive home on the Sunday and I'd get back about Sunday night and then go to school on the Monday. That is Until brilliant. Until somebody saw me. <laughs> somebody saw me in Melbourne and said to mum, does, does, does Denny sing? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? So I, I, I swear I saw her in Melbourne the other day with Wawani. She's like, mm. Oh, that is hilarious. I found out. Well, you know, probably a good thing. Her young daughter yeah. being in a strange town with a strange band. She probably thought you were a stripper. A bunch of boys. <laughs> oh, no, listen, and I was staying in this hotel in Melbourne called the Prince of Wales Hotel, but in the 80s it was just, it was a dive. It's in St Kilda and it was full of prostitutes and and you know clientele and I was sharing a room with the drummer because I was the baby in the band and we played at the Palais in Melbourne and it's a short walk to the Prince of Wales Hotel and Tony Buck that's your name shame on you um, he said oh, look leave the door open I'll be back in about 45 minutes because I used to always sing I still do sing and go home go to bed and so I left the bloody door open and he never came back. And I'm like, you left a 16-year-old sleeping in this hotel and there's prostitutes. Anyway, Tony Buck. Wow. You were very lucky. (laughs) Very lucky. If I was. I wouldn't have been a very happy mother. But anyway, that's another story. Bliss. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Ants talk. It's like Oprah, but not. Hey, so when did you first realise that you'd made a name for yourself? Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, irrespective of your mother, you know what I mean? No, no, because everything else I, I, like, mum could only help me do so much, right? Exactly. She can't sing for me. So I knew that that had happened when I, I think when I got my first nomination, my only nomination for a uh, a Grammy, I wish, uh, for an ARIA. (laughs) One day. And um, I won ARIA for It's All Right. So um, I think that's the moment when I reckon, I, I thought, yeah, I've made it. Because I'm standing in front of all these people that I've grown up around and people that I'm growing up around um, who are artists and peers of the industry that I started in. And they're all sitting in this room in front of me while I'm getting you know, handed a, an award from Michael Hutchins and Nina Cherry. 
It's funny, you know, because I mean, it's even. It, I wasn't. Sorry. It's funny. It's actually funny because I, I mean, I grew up with your music, and then you know later on did your makeup yeah. and became friends, and you know, so I was listening to you, you know. I mean, it seems like a different person because you know I was listening to your it music and person. loving the sounds, and you know, then all of a sudden we became friends, and yeah, it's um, it's a strange world we live in. <laughs> Because <laughs> it literally does, fit, you know. I mean, I remember I've still got some of your albums, and oh, that's just trippy. Because I know Anthony. So when you talk like that, I'm like, Ugh, it's up. so bizarre. I know. It's the same with me when I think of <laughs> that Denny Hines woman. <laughs> All right. So my next question actually um, does mention Michael Hutchins. When you did backing vocals oh, for In Excess, what is your favourite memory yeah. of Michael? My favourite memory of Michael is when I was doing a vocal um, on a track called Not Enough Time. And when I was terrified, you know, because I wasn't a fan of In Excess, but I knew their music. And I went to one of their shows before I met the band and I actually heard all the hits, like all the songs that they had as hits, I knew them, like, I heard them on Australian radio, you know, yeah. like, but I didn't realise it was all the same band, of the one band that did all these songs. Anyway, so I was asked to do a vocal on a track, I was in the studio hanging out um, one day with the guys in Sydney at a place called Rhinos in the studios, and Andrew Farris sort of said, oh look, we need a vocal, do you reckon you could, actually he didn't say do you reckon, he said, you can go in there and sing it for us, can't you? And I was like, I used to be a really shy singer, I was like, no, I can't. And then the band are like, come on, come on. And Michael's like, come on, Danny, it's all right, just go in there and sing. So I shut myself and went into the booth. And in the in the booth, in the vocal booth, it was like um, glass, floor to ceiling, four corners, so you couldn't see into the control room where the, the yeah. desk is. And it was the days of tape where they had to use tape machines and clean the machines with alcohol. Now it's all digital. And um, I sound old. Um, and Michael got the alcohol bottle. And I'm in the inside of the booth singing and squirted it on the glass and then got a lighter and lit the alcohol on the glass on fire. And even though I was terrified about singing with In Excess or with Michael Hutchins and In Excess, as soon as he did that, I was like, oh, I don't know. He just made me relax. I thought, first I thought I was going to die. Well, that's it. He probably took all the fear away of singing rather than, and this fear came from being burnt to death. <laughs> Exactly. So all fear gone. Maybe we should all do that when we're nervous. Just start a fire. Yeah. It's actually a great story. Exactly. I love that. So my next question, you know, we've got to ask about it. Celebrity Apprentice. That was the last time most Australians saw you on their televisions. What is your reaction to being on the show? With hindsight, well, okay, with hindsight, I have to say, I'm glad it's not of today's world that what went down with me on that show happened because it was bad then, but you can't say anything these days without upsetting someone somewhere, yeah. some group somehow. And I'm, I, 
I'm not this kind of person that goes out and, and I, I'm like, if it, shit, I'm human. You annoy me, I'm going to tell you about it. But don't, don't look at me and say you've never done that to somebody or you've never had that emotion or you've never felt that way about someone. And they're up in your grill and you just want them out of your face. I think there's a lot of people I that, you know, could never say. Actually, I think majority of us. I mean, we all get annoyed at people. Everybody does it. It's purely that that's being caught by a camera, then it's being edited. And I mean, I remember back in, you know, back when that was actually happening, we had a conversation where you said that, you know, that whole argument in the back of the car with Pollyanna or whatever her name was, was literally a three minute argument. (laughs) Three minute argument. (laughs) A three minute argument that was edited into three days. Of footage. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it made good television. Well, and that's yeah. what they love. You know, they, and then they had they their villain, me. didn't they? They hated me, but they got good. They got good ratings. Now I've got to say that I'm not one for being hated and getting ratings because I didn't get enough money out of that show to go and see a shrink after the shit that I went through on the back of that show. Exactly. But. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, that's it. And just think, there's so many other people out there now to hate that, you know, they've taken all the attention away. <laughs> oh, they have. Like, but, like I, I truly do think it's amazing that this happened eight years ago rather than today. If, if that show was on it now, in today's time, and everything that went down with everybody on that show, there'd be so much politically incorrect incorrectness going on. Well, we've just had an incident here in Australia where um, we've got married at first sight, the TV show, and there's a girl that's actually on it at the moment that's causing quite a bit of controversy. She's sort of cheated with another of the uh, grooms. She's actually cheated on her new husband with this groom. Um, it's been a very, very interesting tale, and she's she's a very blunt, she's a very uh, non-apologetic woman, and very bold, and she's hated. I mean, there is so much stuff just all over social media that's just absolutely, you know, tearing it to shreds. And I've just actually read an article today that um, the police have had to actually step in because... There was a Facebook page that had been organised and supposedly there were hundreds and hundreds of people that were liking and joining this page. So it was actually an event where it was something like they were actually planning to go and bash her. <laughs> and that uh, that just goes a little bit wacko to me. Look, I, I totally disagree with that. I, I totally disagree with that because, I mean, first of all, we're talking about love at first sight exactly this, this is not this I mean I don't know anything about it except that shit I'd hate to meet someone just now and think fuck that's oh, sorry I've got to marry you now like really yeah really well you know shit will probably go down because I <laughs> no I don't think so <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> but hey um I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as setting up a face I don't have that much time on my hands to sit down and well, I mean, I think, I think that's a very big step of... ...page and get people to do something. You know, come on now. Everybody just chill out. Exactly. I mean, I th- you know, go on go on Facebook, make your funny comment, leave it at that. I mean, to organise to actually bash somebody, that's starting to go... Unless you are, unless it's really, like, if somebody... I'm not condoning it at all, but like, the only way that I can see that this is a, a logical thing to do is if everybody that's had the time to sit there and join this Facebook thing, like, 
did this person physically do something in their actions that hurt you? Well, like, exactly. Honestly, made an impact on your life as you are today. Like before she did whatever she, I don't know what she did. But before she did what she did, did that, was your life different? It's interesting, because isn't if it? it wasn't, why are you so upset by somebody? Are you, are you annoyed because you can't do what she's doing? Well, half the time I do think that, that that does come into it because there really is a level of everybody wants to be famous these days. And it's mm. it's quite a bizarre thing. And, 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 and the thing is, is that they are getting famous for doing the most stupid things. And we are really promoting the stupid and the dumb at the moment because if you, you know, sit and watch any channel on any station of any given day, you're going to see a lot of idiots that have got their own TV shows. <laughs> and, you know... Yeah, I watch internet TV, so and it's okay. Well, it's funny. I mean, it's like myself. I mean, I'm, I'm doing this podcast, but at the same time, I've done that because I actually hate being in front of the camera these days where when I was younger, I would leap in front of any camera that I could see. But these days, I'm just you like... You camera home back in the day, weren't you? That's right, where I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't want to be seen. I maybe still want to be heard, oh. but I don't want to be seen. No, I like, I like podcasts because you can just, you know, I think LinkedIn... See, now I could say this and someone's going to get upset. Don't get upset. Say it. I think thinking people listen to podcasts, it's like, you know, they want to not be stimulated visually, but being stimulated audibly. And there's some brilliant ones out there. There are some amazing podcasts. I personally like all the crime stuff, you know, like... We share that passion. Oh, yeah. We definitely yes, share that yes, passion. So I've got some more questions for you. Um, oh, tell yeah. us about your move to Thailand. Well, in twenty words or less. Let me start that by saying, <laughs> so Adika, um, my husband and I moved here nineteen months ago. Uh, we were here a few years ago for about the fourth time together, and I looked at him as we were caught in a rain shower that was hot and lasted for about twenty minutes, and said. It's so nice to have a place to go to instead of going back to a hotel. I love it here. And then 18 months later, we moved to Thailand. The it's end. a brilliant place, isn't it? I fell in love when I came to visit. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's, yeah. Um, it's warm. I didn't love that bit, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> You're soft. I am. I'm very soft. You're not coming. Like, summer's coming, not that there's ever really a winter. I suppose for like four days. And it's about 26 or 27 degrees instead of 36 or 37 degrees. And, um, yeah, so in April, summer comes in a thing called, a thing called Songkran, which is a huge water fight, like a water festival for five days where if you are a visitor in this town or a expat living here or a local, through those five days, if you do not want to get drenched, don't leave your house. I think that would be so I much fun. Got, I have got a serious water gun. I bought it last year. I'm not playing. I was a sniper. I was like, you, I dare you to walk. I, I will, you will go home wet. So you're going to shoot up some um, tourists <laughs> this year, are you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and locals. Well, it's either, it's either be shot or shoot. Well, that's it. So. Fair is fair is fair. <laughs> and I've, I've also heard there's been some impressive gigs over there for you. Do you want to tell us about them? Oh, I did some gigs in um, 
in Vietnam. Yes. Which is amazing. I went over to the Australian um, Australian government over there, or ambassador's offices, and did a, a music festival in a place called Hue. And I did three amazing locations in the in Hue. It was um, like Vietnamese audiences, who'd have thunk it, hey? I know, I remember watching one of your um, Facebook Lives where you'd actually filmed the stage in Vietnam, I think it was, before you'd actually appeared, and it was literally like a tin shed in the middle of this street, and then all of a sudden there were thousands upon thousands of people. That was... One of the gigs I did, it was hilarious, because I say, like, three beautiful locations. Two were the back of palaces and one was in the old city of Hue. One was in... When they said to me I was going to do a gig in a, um intersection. I thought that was and amazing. Went, yeah. And they, built, they built a stage in the middle of an intersection and roped off an area so that the traffic could go up and down. But like, like what I could... I was looking at all those people and just thinking... You know, some of these people would never have even heard of you, seen you, known you... What an experience yeah, for not only yeah. you, but for them. No, no, I know. But for me, it's like, wow. But yeah, because they like me though. I mean, I, they didn't understand. A few people speak English. They got a few words. I'll tell you the interesting thing that I had to do before I went there, which I didn't have a problem with. Um, Vietnam's a, a communist country. And so before I went over as an artist, I had to send over all the lyrics to the songs that I was singing. Because not that I have anything political, but um, I'm not allowed to sing anything political or overtly sexual. So no, hit me, baby, uh, one yeah. more time. <laughs> no, no. It's no, a fascinating place. I really want to get there one day. Oh yeah, pull up to the bumper, baby. I have to, I have to explain that's just like about parking a car in the car park. <laughs> okay, probably because it's got the bum <laughs> bumper. <laughs> This is Ant's Talk. Okay, I've got a couple of, just some random questions. If you had to choose one person from today's music acts to record with, who would you choose? One person? Yep, just one person. So so a solo act, and they have to be from today's talents. Layla Hathaway. Oh, there you go. Good choice. Yeah, she's amazing. Oh God! I was hoping you you were going to be forced to say somebody else that you didn't like, but damn it, Lady Gaga. No. <laughs> oh, she's pretty, pretty good. You know, you know, I love the Gaga. She got it. She got it. She got an Oscar today. Well, yeah, she got it. Song. Yeah, and I love yeah. that song. Yeah. Okay, copyright. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> you're holding a dinner party. And you can invite anyone yeah. dead or alive. Who are you going to invite? And you can pick six people. Okay. Okay. Donny Hathaway, Later's Daddy. Yep. Ella Fitzgerald. Love Ella. Um, Martin Luther King. Would be brilliant to talk to. John Lennon. Fantastic. And Jesus, if he wasn't busy, because uh, I've got a lot of questions for him. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I you never really hear people say his name to invite to the dinner party. 
That's actually a very yeah, good no, one. That's, yeah. I would never have thought yeah. of him myself. Oprah would be in there for me. Because I reckon the conversations, the conversations between, I'm not being blasphemous, but I'm just saying, you know, if somebody could come, I, if, if I could give Jesus or Allah or Buddha or anybody that represents to come down and talk to John Lennon, Martin Luther King, <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald, Donny Apple, there's, some, there's some very interesting conversations going on. <laughs> yeah, but I'd also want them to sing. <laughs> I'd be like, come on, just Maybe give us one. At the end of the night. Just give us one. Have another vodka. Maybe at the end of the night. <laughs> All right. So, where would you like to be in another twenty years? Oh, look. You know that question. Twenty years ago, I thought I was so fucking smart. Oops, sorry. I thought I was so, you know all over myself with that comment oh I, I 20 years I'll have this 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 and this I'll just stick to this in 20 years I hope I'm still breathing <laughs> well that's true because every plan in the world means nothing if you ain't breathing tomorrow so that's correct if I'm still breathing I'll still be singing and then from that point I will, I will decide what I'm doing I'll be old with, a, with six tattoos but where would you like to still be living <laughs> if you had a choice oh Still in Thailand, I think the older I get, the less I really, really dislike the cold or like the cold. Yeah. You know, it's nice to visit. It's nice to visit, but I don't like to wake up cold. I don't like to be cold. I'll visit it. I'll come skiing for your wedding. See, I love the cold, and you think that I wouldn't with these old bones because it actually makes them worse, but I love the cold. And maybe it's because, yet again, go back to my genealogy, my people did not come from cold locations. Well, I don't even know where my people came from. On a Do boat. Do a DNA test. That's what I did. That's how I know. No, I don't want them to, you know, reproduce me or something. I don't know. <laughs> Please. Well, you never know. There could be someone out there that wants oh, another me. Yeah. yeah, well, good luck with that. They'll clone, but I think before they start cloning you or I, we've really got to do something really important and groundbreaking. There's no point cloning Dolly she's already been cloned they don't need any more idiots well that's they true smart people well hopefully I... <laughs> and we ain't we ain't that smart I hate to tell you <laughs> we're cute but we're not that smart <laughs> we're basking in our mediocrity I <laughs> uh, love it alright so this is my final question what would you want your legacy to be My legacy to be. And I'm going to actually ask this of every guest that I have on the show because I'd, I'd like to think that in years to come when this show is still going that people can actually listen back and go, oh, my God, she did her legacy. It was everything is, you know, everything is, is as it should be. Well, I would like to be able to say that when I take my final breath that there's something that I'm remembered by on this planet. And the only thing I can really claim is, is singing. Because I can do everything else mediocrely, but I can really sing. And I love to sing, which makes me really sing even more. So I'd say that I would like to think that I am looked at like... I don't have to give that much inspiration to, you know, millions of people. But, you know, I'll take like 200,000 or something. Yeah. That go, wow, that voice, those songs that she chose, I, I, I hope my legacy, I'm known for 
singing good songs and and I was a nice person. Like all in all, I had a few glitches in the system along my journey where people just annoyed me and I just you know didn't count to ten. I just went, you know what? I don't like you. Let's just end this right now. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Well, what I was actually going to um, say is um, one thing I can say that your legacy will be is that you are an amazing friend. So that's that's a brilliant legacy to leave. Oh, don't you okay, think? Well, you've got to outlive me, and you've got to make sure you've got to tell people that. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> tell, tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, and if if I go first, then I don't know. Spread any rumor you'd like, really. <laughs> well, Danny, thank you so much for having a chat to us. You know that I love Thank you. Thank you for talking to me, Anthony. I love you too, and I miss you. Come visit me in Thailand. I shall very soon, I hope. We've got to do that trip over to New York. I've got to have a stopover somewhere. <laughs> yes, you do. That one, you can. All right, my darling, we have a beautiful day, and I shall speak to you very soon. I will enjoy your evening. Thank you. Sydney, Bangkok. Bye. Bye. Bye.